continue our service with the gospel reading. Today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Then the eleven went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some did not believe. Jesus came to them and said, All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do all the things I have told you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Word of God, word of life. Thank you, Yvonne. It is Trinity Sunday. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning. So um, it is always the first Sunday that comes after Pentecost, right? So we come out of Easter season. Easter celebrates the risen Christ. Uh, at the end of that season, which is seven weeks, then we get Pentecost. So we have Ascension Sunday, which ends Easter, Jesus going back up to heaven. Pentecost then is only one day. It's one day this, for that season in which it is the giving of the Holy Spirit. And we had that last week. And then we move into what is called ordinary time or time after Pentecost. And that season of the church always begins with Trinity Sunday. It's kind of a culmination uh, where we celebrate the three ways in which we have come to understand God. One God, three persons. So there's a little comic here. You can see one free coffee per person. So here's God. So I guess I'll take three free coffees, right? One God, three persons, but is one God. So that's going to be our topic for today. Before we get into the actual sermon, I do have a short video that recorded uh, addressing all that's been going on and so much of the feedback that I have received over this past week that I want to say thank you for, uh, for my sermon last week and also for the email that I sent out. So I'm going to play that for everybody and then we'll get to the sermon. Hey everybody from Holy Trinity, this is Pastor Tim. I'm sitting in my car. I uh, have one of my kids at their activities as they are beginning to resume, which gives me a sign of hope. Uh, that soon we will, at, in some form, gather for worship as well outside in God's creation. So be looking for that uh, information in the uh, weeks to come. But that's not why I'm recording this video now. I first want to say thank you. Thank you for all the ways and people have reached out to me over this past week to talk about the sermon I gave last week or the letter that was emailed as part of tidings uh, on Tuesday. Uh, not tidings, but just an email that I sent out. I want, thank you for all the ways and people uh, expressed what they were feeling. And I heard the gamut of things. I heard from people saying, you didn't go far enough. And I wish you also would have said to uh, people saying, I couldn't disagree with you more over it. But all of those conversations I felt were respectful. People listened and they were productive. And that is, if we're going to get anywhere in all of this in the world, that needs to be part of it. So thank you for it. As we go forward in this, please do not hesitate to reach out with concerns, with feedback, with encouraging words, whatever it might be. You know how to get a hold of me. You know, uh, um, call, text, um, email, whatever it might be. And I welcome these future conversations that we can have together, both individually and collectively as a church. 
I also want to share a little bit about uh, how I deal with things when I'm confronted with the teaching of Jesus that maybe is different than what I always understood or thought before. Um, I kind of say I have a love-hate relationship with seminary because that's part of what seminary is, starting to understand why you think what you think and are there new ways of thinking or how do you bring into your your other ways of thinking into new insights and new learning and new understandings. And I frequently have found myself going back to a story from John 6 about Jesus and his disciples, both the 12 and a larger group. And in it, uh, Jesus just got done with the teaching and a larger group of disciples come to Jesus and say, who can understand this? This teaching is too difficult. And Jesus' response is, do I offend you? And people leave. Not many are left. Uh, People scatter. And these people that were starting to uh, incorporate the teachings of Jesus into their life, were starting to follow him, now decide, you know what? It's too much. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. And now Jesus is just left with the 12 disciples. And he turns to Peter and he says, Are you also going to leave me? And Peter's response is one that we all know. I bet you know it, even if you don't know it. Because we say it every Sunday when we gather in the sanctuary for worship, or we sing it every Sunday. And Peter's response is, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And frequently I'm tempted, as I've gone throughout my life as a Christian, as I've gone through my life as a seminary student, as I've gone through my life as a pastor, Um, when I am confronted with another way of thinking that I didn't have before to be like the, to be like so many people. And I've even done it before. It's too hard, too much. I'm out. I disagree. It's not for me, whatever. Jesus, you're, you've lost it. And I strive to be more like Peter. And I'm not saying Peter maybe always understood or agreed with Jesus, But he hung in there and it said, you have the words of eternal life. Peter's like saying, you know what? I'm still in. I may not know the way, but I am, I'm working on it. Because there's something about the way of Jesus that is so compelling. I need to find out more. That a way of love and forgiveness and reconciliation and truth, the way that it convicts us, that makes us feel uncomfortable, hopefully to bring us out to the other side. I think that's what those apostles, those early disciples uh, did. Even when they left, they came back. You know, we have these words of Jesus saying, I I deny Jesus three times. And yet still, uh, Peter comes around, you know, that's how I deal with it. And as a pastor, you know, by no means do I think I'm Jesus and I have the wisdom of Jesus. All I'm trying to do is to help convey uh, the love of God and what it means for us and to show us new or different uh, ways of living. If you remember one of those things I said when I came in, it was a Saturday afternoon. I'm standing in the sanctuary, kind of meeting the the wider church for the first time. I think it was a November uh, Saturday afternoon. And I had said, there's times in which you're going to love me because I'm going to say exactly what you want to hear. And then there's times you're not going to like me very much because I'm going to say what we need to hear. And I change that. Not what you need to hear, what we need to hear. Please understand when I say these things, I am saying them to myself as much as I am saying to you. Um, And so there are times in which we need to hear what we don't want to hear 
And then we have to go through the process of why does this make me feel uncomfortable? Why do I disagree with it? How does it go with what I uh, with what I believe? What are my new beliefs going to be? How do we incorporate them all in? It's not easy being a follower of Jesus. It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy being a pastor. Like it's just not easy being a spouse, a parent, a, you name it, right? It's not easy. But we trust that it is good. I thank you for allowing me uh, to be with you on your journey as we understand what it's like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. Amen. Let us continue with the sermon for Trinity Sunday. All right, welcome back. Here I am in front of the whiteboard. Uh, that helped me last week, and I understand it seemed like it helped out a lot of people that when there are certain terms or concepts to have them up here, I had somebody say, I don't know if that was a sermon or a teaching. Uh, maybe it's both. Uh, sermons are proclamation of the good news, and when we receive the good news, we also learn as we go through it. So maybe this is a sermon teaching combination just in a different way. Today is Holy Trinity Sunday. It is not a day in which we celebrate our church Holy Trinity. Today is a day in which we celebrate the ways in which God has revealed God's self to us. The three parts or the three persons of God. And you know what they are. Say them with me now. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of sermons, and I've done this in the past, and they'll continue on in the future, I might even do it again, try and talk about the ways in which uh, we can have three in one. It's one God, but three parts. When this came up uh, in history, it's just such a hard concept to have because Christianity, remember, drew out of Judaism. And Judaism is very solidly monotheistic. That's one of the things that established them or made them different than so many of the other religions or lines of belief in ancient times as there was gods after gods after gods. And the ancient Israelites were solely monotheistic. There is one God. And so now as Christianity comes and is a form or a, another aspect, um, we believe God in three, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so there have been conversations over the centuries on how to describe one God, but is really three distinct persons or beings. Uh, in fact, churches have split over this. I'm sure if we want to bring in Mark Edwards to talk about the Great Schism in 1054 and um, how they argued over the Spirit, and does the Spirit proceed from the Father and the Son? Does the Spirit just proceed from the Father? Uh, all of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to bore you with that this morning. We'll let Mark Edwards bore you with that some other time. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> and I do want to say this is some of the ways in which we have tried to do that, right? St. Patrick is one of the most famous ones. St. Patrick introduced the concept of using a clover leaf. And we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One, two, three, but they are all connected there, right? That's one way. I'm not going to get into how that's wrong, just explaining that way. We also have other ways in which people talk about an apple. Is that an apple? And we'll take a bite out of that apple, right? And you have the skin. 
you have the flesh of the apple and you have a seed of the apple. And maybe uh, the skin is what we see, so that's Jesus, the Son. Um, the flesh is the Spirit, and the seed maybe is the source, Holy Spirit, and that's a Father. And that's one way uh, to distinguish how that occurs. Another way uh, is an egg, and let's say it's a see-through egg, and you can see the yolk inside, and then you have all the white of the egg, Again, the shell is Jesus or the Son. The yolk might be the Father. The uh, filling, filling, what do you call that? The white part of the egg. The inside is the Holy Spirit. It gets at the idea, three parts, one whole. This is what I don't like when we try and explain it that way. That's just pure information about the Trinity. I don't struggle with one in three. I'm able to say we believe in one God and that God is revealed to us in three persons. Do I know how it works? Not really. I'm more interested in what that means for us and what that means for us, especially today. So I'm gonna wipe all of this out. I wanna know what does the Trinity mean for us? And to me, the Trinity is about relationships. It's about being so intertwined that yes, they're distinct, but they are so intertwined, they are the same, that you can't simply separate it out and say, here's one, here's one, here's one. But it's like, you know, I know there's a force, lots of force about this, right? When, which this force is actually thought to be one organism. I, I wish I could think of it off the top of my head. But you have all these trees that look like individual, but the root system, scientists have actually said this is one large organism that you can't see how they're connected, but they are. What I want to stress is the Trinity is des maybe designed to tell humanity how intertwined and interconnected we are. That we cannot simply separate it out and say, you're this, you're this, you're this. That we are, may not be the same, but we are one. That's not a message for today, is it? We need to understand how we are one. If you watch that sermon last week, uh, if you watch what's going on in the news, it doesn't have to be just from this week. We continually divide ourselves into groups in which we are no longer viewing ourselves as one, but we view ourselves as different and we fight over these differences. What's on the forefront of us right now is race. Here's the thing about race. And again, I'm going to recommend uh, this podcast. If you saw the email last week, Thursday tidings that went out, I said to, if you want to continually learn more, um, here are some resources. There's a podcast on there. It comes from Seen on Radio. And season two is a series called Seen White. It's phenomenal. But episode three or four, they're talking about the concept of race and that really doesn't exist. And I mentioned this earlier, but this is what I found so fascinating. They talked about 
if you want to see genetic diversity um, and you put two groups of people, you have one group of here and let's say they're all white. I'll put three groups of people. Here they're all, I'll just say black. And we have a third group of people that is mixed. You know where you will find the greatest genetic diversity in those groups? In these groups. You are more likely to find genetic diversity in this group that is all white than you will in the groups that's mixed. You are more likely to find greater diversity in this group that is all black than in this group that is mixed. We are one, but we are not the same. Now, let me say this. Our goal, while we are the same, our goal is not colorblindness. Our goal is not conformity, so to speak, so we're all look or act or whatever the same. Our goal, God's goal, God's dream is equality is justice. Unfortunately, what we do, we think, as opposed to not separating people in groups, we need to be colorblind. That's not the goal. Or we think, here's your group, here's your group, here's your group. And we still even want, we might say they're equal, but we will say, and we'll use this, we'll use men, we'll use women, uh, whatever. We think, yeah, you're not the same, you're equal, but let me tell you, this is the role of women. This is the role of men, right? This is the role of, and we can put uh, sexuality in here, on this is how it should be, and we want to define what those roles are and say, yeah, they're equal, they're all equally important, but if this is who you are, this is who you have to be. It's almost like we've done that with the Trinity, I think, also, and I don't think that's God's dream for the world. God's dream for the world is not to divide up into these groups, even though there are differences there. It's to respect those differences and help people understand what are the gifts that they have and help them to develop it and use them. To me, right? You have God and the Trinity, one God, three persons, three ways in which God, I don't even know if, if that's the right thing to say ways, distinct ways in which God acts toward us or on behalf or through us. How do we see those gifts in each other that we are so intricately intertwined I can't so much separate you out, although it might be helpful at some level just to gain a deeper understanding like we're trying to do with the Trinity. But if we let the way in which we argue over the groups that we have, we miss out on the gifts that they give us. I think that's what's happened with the Trinity. We argue so much over is it one God, three gods? Is it persons? Is it essence? Is it what? Does the spirit come from the son? Does the spirit come from the father and the son? Right? We miss out on what it means for us today that God creates, that God redeems, that God sustains. God, the father creates us. Creator God. Maybe it's better than using father God because it brings in this aspect of 
male superiority, right? If we look at groups of this is what males are supposed to be, there's male tox toxicity, masculine toxicity right there. You can see how that's a chain reaction. God is one who creates. That's an essence of God, the creator. How do you have that essence of God within you? Another essence of God is the redeemer. Christ redeems. That yes, we have strayed from the ways of God who created you, but yet that is not the end of the story. You have value, you have worth, you have been redeemed. How can you spread the good news that all of creation is being redeemed through what God has done in Jesus Christ? That's good news. And then we have the God who sustains us, the Holy Spirit that comes to us now, that fills us and gives us life. Maybe we should have fewer prayers to Jesus and more prayers to the Spirit. Because we say the Spirit is the one who is present. Christ is coming again in the future to finish the project, to finish the restoration. The Spirit is the one who is here now that is active in you and me in calling out our sin for what it is and saying that is not who you are. Gather together. Look each other in the eye and say, I see a child of God in you. You have gifts. Let's discover what those are together and use them in the world. I have gifts and they go together. We are so intricately intertwined, we cannot be separated. That does not mean we need to be the same. It means we need to appreciate and celebrate the diversity, if you want to say, the differences, the gifts that we all have. To me, that is so much more of a powerful meaning for Trinity Sunday, as opposed to just trying to say, see this shamrock? God is three in one. Great. I can recite that to you, but it holds no meaning. The meaning comes in being one. And yet, we have some differences that are so great among us. Let's not decide what we know, what those differences are, and how um, some are better than others, but to recognize, to learn about, to be surprised about the differences we have and how all together, they are part of God's restoration project for the world. Amen.